Dr. Eugene Stead is recognized as the founder of the PA profession, having launched the first formal educational program for physician assistants at Duke University in 1965. But in 1968, Dr. Richard Smith created the first MedEx program, and Dr. Richard Smith became one of the early pioneers to introduce the physician assistant into the American healthcare system. You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, your host, and with me today is Ruth Balweg, Physician Assistant and Director of the MedEx Northwest Physician Assistant Program at the University of Washington School of Medicine. And today, we're discussing the MedEx Physician Assistant Program. Hi, Ruth. Welcome to ReachMD. Thank you. Can you give us a history of the origins of the MedEx program? Yes. Dr. Richard Smith, who had a long history in the public health service, was essentially assigned here to the University of Washington by Dr. Bill Stewart, who was the Surgeon General of the U.S. at that time. And while we could go back and talk about Dr. Smith's background, the quickest thing to say is he had been very involved in the Peace Corps. He was a great believer in community organizing in involving stakeholders, and he was concerned about the lack of physicians in Washington State, actually, in the rural Northwest in general, and was interested in applying what would become the PA concept or the medics concept, really to solve the physician shortage in the Northwest. So as compared to the Duke model, which was more in an academic medical center, of course, the Northwest is very sparsely populated. The model here was to utilize physicians, including the State Medical Association, as co-owners, essentially, of the program, and deploy former military folks out into specific communities, and not only to train the, the physician assistants, but to work with the communities and the physicians to make, essentially, a receptive framework, which is what he talked about, for the introduction of these new professionals. So it was a community development project in many ways, it was featuring the strong involvement of rural physicians and and the medical establishment. So Dr. Smith knew Dr. Stead, but his concept was different. So Dr. Stead's concept was training physician assistants for more academic medicine versus rural. Is that correct? That's right. And I think partly the reason for that was just the distribution of how healthcare is in different parts of the country. So on the East Coast, you see large academic medical centers, which have even ambulatory clinics clustered around them and part of them. While on the West Coast, that's not how healthcare is delivered, essentially. So instead, we have smaller hospitals, private physicians, that sort of thing. So first of all, you have a very different model of how the world worked. And Dr. Smith, again, having worked in Africa, and he'd worked with training a number of non-physician providers there, his theme in his life had always been and continued to be multiplying your hands. So he was interested in how he as a physician could transfer his knowledge and skills onto physicians' assistants or other health workers who could then improve health care out in the community, which is very different than how you would approach delivering care, obviously, in, in a large teaching hospital. So describe the first medics class for us. So the first medics class was composed exclusively of military corpsmen, and that actually continued until about the seventh class. There were 14 people in the class. They were all men, of course, as PAs were all back then. They had all served as medics in Vietnam. They had extensive experience, and they were very well accepted in the community. Remember that the Vietnam War had been the first televised war, and so everyone had seen the war. Everyone had seen 
the contribution that medics made to M-E-D-I-C-S, medics made to saving not only their colleagues, but also people in the community and the villages and so forth. So when the first military corpsmen were trained as PAs, not only here, but also at Duke, there was broad acceptance for them because they became a positive feature and looking back on the Vietnam War. So let's talk about the name that you just spelled out, medics versus medics. Where did medics come from? Well, Dr. Smith was very interested in imagery, so he was concerned about what these people looked like, what they were called, how they were perceived, and he thought the title was the most important feature of that. So medics, some people think incorrectly, refers to the fact that these are former medics, but in fact it's French for physician extension. And his idea was that medics could be used not only as a description of the profession, so as we think of physician assistants or physician associates was the other title that people were looking at. He wanted us to be called medics so-and-so, so I would be medics Ruth Balwig. And that rolled off the tongue a lot better than physician assistants. And when did that end? I think that we began to move away from that in the mid-80s, early to mid-80s, although many of us still have our original shingle. I have mine on my wall that says Ruth Balwig, Medics, Physician Assistant. And we still here at Medics do use that term because it has an important history. Why didn't we pick Medics as our professional name moving forward? <laughs> Well, there was a big debate about this, and that was actually one of the things that the original founders seemed to have had some interactions about. So Dr. Silver at the University of Colorado had many, many names he thought we could be called. And at Duke, of course, they really wanted, and at Yale and at Oklahoma, to use the term physician associate. Physician associate got nixed by the AMA, basically, who said, if you're going to use the term physician associate, you will no longer have our support. It's a deal breaker. So over time, I think we just sort of ended up with the term physician assistant. Obviously, no one likes it. And at one point, I actually saw an article from Dr. Stead who said, you know, Dick was right. Medics would have been a better term. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Ruth Balwig, physician assistant and director of the MedEx Northwest Physician Assistant Program at the University of Washington School of Medicine. And we're discussing the MedEx Physician Assistant Program. So Ruth, one thing I want to bring up about the difference between the MedEx model versus the Duke model is the way in which the PAs were trained going into a rural site. Can you explain how that worked? Yes. So... The idea was, first of all, that specific physicians would be designated as the preceptors or sponsoring physicians for the first class, and they were actually involved in the selection process of choosing the first people. The State Medical Association as co-sponsors participated as the interviewers. And then the idea was that the student would complete the classroom phase of their training and then spend the bulk of their time in an apprenticeship relationship, essentially with one physician in a small rural community. Now, rural community care was very different than it is now. So that, and that at that time, always involved a small rural hospital. Family physicians at that time did general surgery, did deliveries. They were the ER docs. So primary care met a very different kind of definition than it did now. So the students who came from this intense medical background in the military then worked with one physician, and the deal that the physician had to make in order to have the student was that they would hire them afterwards. And were these original programs certificate programs, correct? 
They were certificate programs, and many of the original programs were certificate programs. Were they strategically placed, these original PAs, in certain places? They were. So they were placed sometimes with the most visible physicians, sometimes with the most politically powerful physicians. And the advantage from the medical association's point of view was that there would be no individuals trained who were not going to be employed. They felt that a new profession wouldn't work if you're going to have half the people not working at the end of the training program. So this way, they were absolutely assured of success. They were also assured of deployment. In other words, they could absolutely be sure that the first people would end up in in the communities where they thought there was the greatest need. And sometimes the greatest need meant that the physician was close to leaving town because there was both a shortage and a problem of burnout of rural physicians. And it wasn't unusual for physicians to load up their goods and furniture in a moving van in the middle of the night and leave town without telling their their patients because it was just too hard to do. Well, I love the idea of the PAs building the relationships with the physicians early on in their training because that just leads for a better working relationship down the road. Were there any takeaways from this training that have been used or could be used in in PA training today? Well, I think the idea of stakeholders is still important. So the idea that physicians who are going to be employers or supervising physicians, or in this case, it might even in today's world be HR people who might hire PAs, are involved in the selection process, I think is very important because then it's not just the school's decision. It really is the community's decision. So that's an important one. And then I think there was also involved in the training a lot of training of the physicians because no one knew how to be a supervising physician for us, right? So there was training of the physicians of how to actually work with the students, how to develop the role, and so forth. And then another particularly interesting aspect was that there was a lot of political things built into it. Dick Smith was very concerned, as I said, about image and thinking about the politics of things. So when the first law was passed for PAs here in Washington State, community members, particularly people that were VFW and American Legion people, all took buses to Olympia, the capital, to encourage their legislators to vote for the law. And also when the legislators were making this decision, it was decided, they figured out what physicians the legislators saw and Lo and behold, when they went to their practices to get their care, to their doctors to get care, there would be a PA student there on the same day. So the State Medical Association really got behind this and bought into this at a level that continues today. Let's talk about the credential creep in medics. So right now, my understanding is that the Duke model and the medics model, somewhat similar, but the medics definitely had more of a corpsman, you know, many, many years of experience, put them into the rural environment to help expand the hands of of rural health care. And now we have this PA credential creep where, you know, now we're talking about, you know, doctorate degrees and specialty certification at a time when we have so many military corpsmen coming back, and there's a lot of talk about reinventing the original PA programs to try to utilize all of this education and skill. Does the MedEx program ever talk about maybe going back to the good old days? <laughs> well, you know, in some ways, we're still in the good old days. We still have many military folks in our program, typically between 25 and 35 percent of our students come from military backgrounds. And in today's world, many of them have served in Iraq and Afghanistan. And so we sort of have a reputation among military 
corpsmen and medics that this is the place to go. We moved to a master's degree this year, but since we have four training sites, we stewed about this, and we have have been opposed historically to the idea of master's as the only entry-level credential. So what we decided to do was to keep two of our sites at the bachelor's level while moving two sites to the master's level. And hopefully we'll be able to continue to do that. However, obviously we're concerned about whatever resolutions and motions might be passed in either PAEA or the AAPA House of Delegates. Here in Illinois, we have a certificate, one of the original PA programs, and they're some of the finest PAs I have ever worked with. So, Well, we really believe in the certificate model. We believe in the bachelor's model. And I think the the issue is that we sometimes get confused about this issue with nurse practitioners, for one thing, which is a whole other topic. But I also think that when we look at the outcomes of who goes into rural practice, it most often is people with bachelor's and certificate programs origins. And then I think the other thing to know is we've done outcome studies on our graduates and the people that are most likely to, aside from people that are from rural communities anyway, but the people that are most likely to choose rural practice and to stay there are the military corpsmen. So we have a strong supportive environment for that group of people and feel that they're still an important part of, of not only our program, but we would like to see all PA programs have a wide open door to people that are returning corpsmen. So would every PA, I believe. So Ruth, tell us about the current medics model. The current medics model continues to be built on the original design. So in the original design, there was this idea that, first of all, there was a lot of emphasis on primary care and the didactic part of training, meaning that if you had a choice between a subspecialist delivering a lecture on hypertension or a family physician delivering the lecture on hypertension. You would choose the family physician. Similarly, the clinical training has a strong emphasis on primary care. So as compared to some PA programs that because of their design have multiple rotations that change every four weeks or six weeks or whatever, we do have some rotations like that, but we also have a four-month primary care preceptorship with one physician. And so There's a lot of emphasis on primary care. There's also a lot of emphasis on team building, working together, and the relationship with the physician, which we think is is so important. Ruth, thank you very much for coming on the show and helping us learn more about the MedEx program. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And you can also find us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Twitter. Thanks for listening.